the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Spend all your time waiting for that second chance for a break that would make. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exone at com on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the programming on the Exxon TV channel, visit www.simultv.com. And in the search engine on the top of their main page, just type in Exxon. We came in uh, using this uh, song, In the Arms of an Angel, by Sarah McLaughlin, because we're going to be talking about angels this hour. My guest is Karen Forrest. She's an angel lady, and she is the Canadian best-selling author of Angels of the Maritimes, Canadian Angels, Angels of the Maritimes, Volume 2, and most recently, her autobiography, Angel Lady of the Maritimes. Karen works as an angel therapy practitioner, teaches various spiritual uh, workshops, offers private angel readings, does house cleanings, uh, clearings, I should say, uh, private mentorship, and is a motivational speaker. As an expert in angel communication, Karen has appeared on Breakfast Television, Supernatural Investigation, 
and Live at Five, guest spoken on various international radio shows and quoted in newspapers internationally. Achieving a Bachelor in Nursing, Karen served 17 years in the Canadian Armed Forces, retiring as a captain, mental health nursing officer. Karen can be reached through her website, KarenForest.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-F-O-R-R-E-S-T. And Karen, welcome back to the Exxon, and congratulations on your new book. Thanks very much. So let me see here. What have you been up to since you and I last talked? Uh, basically trying to survive winter. Not my favorite season. <laughs> I'm a little tired of the snow. Yeah, you've been getting but it, it pretty heavy over the... I've been busy with sessions. Yeah, but you've been really getting it heavy down in the Maritimes this year. Yeah, yeah, more snow than normal, so I'm a little tired. We had more snow last night than first to March. Wow. I'm like, really, I'm ready for spring right about now. <laughs> and... Um, how did you, for the listeners who haven't heard you before here on the XO, now tell us how you got involved with angel work. Sure, yeah. I, um, like growing up, I was raised as a Catholic, mm-hmm. and I've always had a strong sense of faith. I've always believed in God and angels. But I wasn't doing the work that I, I'm doing now, and I certainly wasn't speaking, seeing angels or dead people as a child. But I started to take extensive spiritual training in my late 30s, just before I retired from the military. I wanted to work a little bit more on the spiritual end, mm-hmm. because I was already working as a counselor. So I took extensive spiritual training, including with Dorian Virtue, um, James Van Prague, and other people, to learn about how to communicate with angels and your loved ones in heaven. And how do you communicate with your loved ones in heaven? The main way is just... By intent, is by holding the intent, I'd like to communicate with you or connect with you. So it's just, honestly, it's just thinking about them. And you have an connection with them because they're always with you. But what I tell people is there's four main ways they can communicate with you. Whether you see them or hear them um, or have a sense of knowingness or uh, feel them. So there's four main ways that they are going to communicate with you, just like angels, both your angels and your loved ones in heaven will communicate with you in the same style. Hmm. So which, in your opinion, is the most common way to communicate with angels? most common way is actually feeling their presence. So people often say, you know, I, I felt like someone was touching my shoulder, and then mm-hmm. I thought of my angel, or I thought of it, God, or I thought of my mom passed on. And the reason you're thinking about them is because they're with you. So you you might feel them touching you on your shoulder. You might feel like warmth around you, like you're being hugged, um, or you feel some love around you suddenly. So you just you feel their presence. And that's the most common way that people are going to receive it. So it's not like a lot of people think you're going to have to see them, which is a clairvoyant ability. Clairvoyant means you see things. And that's not the most common way. That's actually a harder way to communicate other than in your dream state. That, that can be a little more common in your dream state. When you dream of them and you have a visitation when you're asleep, that is a clairvoyant ability to be able to do that. And they come through to you more often when you're sleeping rather than when you're awake because your mind is more relaxed. You're not being distracted with everyday life or, or getting into your head too much. Your mind's more relaxed. You have a visitation at night, and that's a clairvoyant ability. But if they come to you at night, how does the person not know that what they're experiencing is just a, a dream and that there is no connection with the other side? That's up to them to decide. The way people describe it to me mm-hmm. is that they'll say the words, I know it wasn't a dream, 
because it was too real. It was like a, and they'll use the word visitation frequently, but they'll say it was real. It was real. I know I might have been asleep or just waking up or just falling asleep, but it was too real and too clear to have been what they would call a dream. So that's how they worded it with me. So basically, it depends on what the person really wants, whether it's a dream or it's or it's a communication. Yeah, yeah. They can. I, I tell people, I don't care what words you use. You can call it a dream. You can mm-hmm. call it a visitation. But if it made you feel good, that's what's important, right? And whether you believed or not, just as long as you felt good, that's what matters to me. I understand that, but how do we draw the line between fact and fiction? Because if we're telling, if people are saying that they're having an angelic experience and it's just a dream. Isn't that a little deceiving to them by allowing them to think that what they had was an angelic or a a communication with a deceased person when it was just a a dream? Um, I don't think it's deceiving, but I do differentiate between the two. And as I said, really, the difference is it would be far more real. Okay. Far more real than what a dream would be. That, that's the best way I can describe it. Why is yeah. it that mm-hmm. we can't look at, or, or why isn't there a daytime communication? Why does it have to be at night or when the person's asleep in order to be real? Sure. Um, there is daytime communication. That's where people often feel the presence mm-hmm. of someone. But the reason it's more likely to happen at night is because during the day we're busy. Right, we're, we're getting distracted, we're going about our daily lives, we're, we're too much into our own head, too much into our thoughts. So our mind isn't relaxed enough to just sit there quietly and receive a message from them. If we just sat there quietly and really held a tent, I would like to connect with you and practice that and worked with it, we would receive messages. And, and sometimes we do another way. So, for example, um, with clairvoyant, where at night you're going to be you're, use the word dream, but mm-hmm. I call it a visitation. My, my clients will call it a visitation or say it's more real than a dream. Um, but during the day, a clairvoyant example would be that maybe if you're seeing angels, you suddenly see some sparkling lights that other people are not seeing, which is common for me. I, I tend to see angels as colored lights. And I'll see that during the day, but other people will describe that to me too, and then worried that there's something wrong with their vision. Then they go get it checked out and realize, no, there's doctors saying nothing wrong with their vision. And they have no reason, can't explain why they're seeing colored dots of light like I do, when really what they're seeing is angels. Colored, so the colored flashes that people sometimes see during the daytime yep. are angels. Are angels, that's right. Now, where, where do angels come from? Um, where do they hide? I've never thought about where do they come from. Um, I mean, to me, they're from God, right? They're, they're messengers of God. But when you look at that, that is um, a divine source. Mm-hmm. So where do they come from? Yeah. I couldn't really tell you where they come from. I, I, I think of it as another reality myself, but I couldn't really tell you. They've never told you? I do see them. I've never asked them. I never thought to ask them, where do you come from? I just get so excited when oh. I see them. I didn't really think to ask them, where do you come from? Because um, that to me, it's hard to... Like, you know, you ask them something like that, where yeah. do you, like, even when I'm asking right now, where do you come from? And they're like, well, we don't come from anywhere. We're right here where you are. Well, I'm like, well, that's not a real helpful explanation. That doesn't help me any. Yeah. So. All right, so stand by. We've got to take our first break. Exxon Nation, Karen Forrest is our guest. www.karenforrest.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. 
family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pound i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer i need a sign to let me know you're here all of these lines are being crossed over Nation Karen Forrest is our special guest this hour, www.karenforrest.com. Um, what I was trying to get at, Karen, like, you know, where do they originate from? Where were they born? Uh, where do they go when they're not here on Earth? Yeah, yeah, good question. I can't answer where they originate from. I can't. When I try to ask questions yeah. like that, both with angels and also with our deceased relatives um, in heaven, when I speak with them, they they don't they don't say this condescendingly to me, but they they will say it's it's hard to understand these concepts because they're not concepts from Earth, right? It's like when I try to understand time, and 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 realms and realities and galaxies and all this, and my brain cannot wrap itself around it. So it's not that they're trying to not tell me. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the words or the experiences here on Earth to be able to explain it or for them to try to explain it to me. But, but I, do, I do often ask, including your, our relatives in heaven, I, I ask them things and they laugh at me. They're like, you'll understand when you get here, we don't have the words for it that you would understand. <laughs> and again, they're not trying to be con- condescending. I just honestly don't understand. So I focus on what I can understand um, instead of ask them other questions that try to make some sense out of things here. But wouldn't it be nice to know these answers? Um, I understand a lot of people would love to know those answers. For me, no. If, it, if it's, it's the things I can't just understand the concept of, I focus on something else. So when I ask them things like, where do you come from? Well, then I'll get, I'll get things like, well, we come from love. I'm like, ah, well, okay, whatever, angels. But I really would rather a different answer than, you know, you come from love, right? Well, now <laughs> I, now I know why they don't answer. communicate with me, because I would ask them too many questions, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I ask questions. I just don't always understand the answers. <laughs> mm. So it's okay. But other things, that I, I do ask them, and I do get some answers that do make sense to me as a human with the words that I use here on Earth. Yeah, but it's it's hard to understand when it's, you're coming from a completely different, what I call realm or reality or I don't know. It's hard to describe the words for that as to where they, what what it's like. But if it's if it's hard for them to communicate the the mm-hmm. simple questions, 
How is it easy for them to communicate the complicated questions? Because to us, to me, the complicated question is where do you originate from? Where, where the complicated question is, you know, what do I need to do today to honor my life path? Or, look, I'm really sick right now. What do I need to do mm-hmm. to help myself feel better? Or, I'm palliative right now. What do I need to do to, uh, to get ready to cross over? Or whatever. Those questions are where humans might call them difficult questions. Those are not for me when I work in counseling and communicate with angels on every day level asking those type of questions so they'll tell us how we can prepare ourselves to cross over but they can't tell us where they're from that perplexes me i understand when i ask them right now they're saying we come from love i'm like yeah well i don't like that answer angels you know so Hmm. there you go (laughs) is there a difference in how angels talk compared to our deceased relatives Yes, it is. Yeah, when when I talk to angels, there's no judgment in any of the words at all, mm-hmm. but there will be when I talk to a human being because when I use the term angel, that's pure love and pure light. It's a divine source. We're relatives. We're human beings here on earth. Um, so, for example, if I ask, like I get comedy questions. For example, you know, is, is this guy a good guy for me to date? And an angel will simply say yes or no. It's just a yes no answer. Yes, this is. Or, or no, but if I ask your mom who's passed on and she, and she doesn't like the guy, she's going to say, no, the guy's a jerk. You deserve better than that, and I don't like him, and give me a bunch of reasons why. So the, the wording will be different. There's more judgment in the humans, mm-hmm. which can be a little more entertaining for me when I speak to them. Your loved ones in heaven, they're more opinionated. With angels, there's no judgment in their words. If we have free will, mm-hmm. why would the angels want to interfere by influencing our own free will. If you, uh, you know, the example you gave about the person wanting to know if the other person will love them or whatever, why would they interfere if we have free will? Um, I don't see that as interfering. They just answer a question, and as I've learned from my clients, they'll decide what they want to do with the information. Right? So so they're saying, you know, here's a simple question. Is this a healthy relationship or good relationship? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. And so it's not about interference. It's just here's an answer to your question for what's best for you in your life at this point in time because we've asked for some guidance. Now, a lot of times my clients will say, all right, I got the guidance, but I'm not going to listen to it. Mm, that That's up to you. That's up to them, right? So it's, yeah. I don't see it as interfering, but it, I definitely see it as guidance versus interference. But why would a person have to ask an angel if a relationship is good for them or not? Don't they, they don't can't they figure that, just, can't they figure that out themselves? Uh, you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly tend to think so. But a lot of times when people, I've learned just from like 20 plus years of being a counselor, is that when you're in the midst of something, it's sometimes hard to see the answer when, when you're in the midst of something which, which i only understand from years of counseling experience mm-hmm. so you know your friend might think it's obvious no this isn't a good guy for you what, what are you thinking and you're sitting there going i don't know i can't think right now i find this really hard to see the answer so that's when people come to me and ask for angelic guidance saying what do the angels have to say because they want a pure form of guidance rather than guidance from a human being and that's going to come from their own judgments or fears would you say that people who go to angelic communicators like yourself are basically weak and they don't have the ability to make decisions on their own? 
Um, no, I definitely don't say that. I actually applaud them for having the guts to ask some really tough questions sometimes because at least they're asking the question. And most of the time, almost like I'd say 99% of the time, my clients, they know the answer. Mm-hmm. They just don't need to flat out hear it. They know in their gut. It's weird that I surprise anyone with an answer. They know it in their own gut instinct what's best for them or what they need to do. But sometimes they need, it's more than just, you know, is this a good guy? It's like, okay, maybe the answer is no, but how do I get out of this relationship? Or how do I safely get out of this relationship? And that's where they need some guidance as a counselor. So are you more of a of a counselor than angel reader? I'm both. I, I'm definitely a counselor because my counseling background, that's where I am different than a typical angel reader, mm-hmm. for sure, because I bring far more counseling skills into it. So an angel reader might say, nope, nope, this guy's not good for you. I'm like, well, yeah, well, we need a little bit more than that, thanks very much. But that's because I have the counseling background, and the angels will draw on that with me to say, Karen, you know what to say in this type of thing, or this is what you need to explore, and here's some very specific guidance. So I, I take it to a deeper level than a typical angel reader would do because of my counseling background. My focus is counseling and, and uh, healing in my sessions, where most a typical angel reader, that would not be. But that's because they don't have the counseling experience I have an educational background I have as a counselor so my work is different in that way for sure but isn't that a conflict of interest because here you are a counselor mm-hmm. and you're getting advice from angels to give to your clients and mm-hmm. is there any way that subconsciously even though the angelic advice is one thing your experience as a counselor is another and you kind of ignore what the angels say and give them your advice based on your counseling experience? Um, it could be if I wasn't working at a professional level. Sure, it could. It could. Um, I really hold myself to high standards, but that's me mm-hmm. holding myself to that. What I have learned from my experience of doing angel readings is often what the angels say will surprise me because I come from a humanist and I don't know the whole story. Right. So when they say one thing, I, I make it clear this is what the angels are saying. Um, but the angels will got me what to say and, and how to say it, too. But there's sometimes I'll say to people, now you're going to get my two cents worth is care and force. But most of my focus is what the angels think that's what people want in the session. Um, now, conflict of interest for me, no, because I work as a spiritual counselor. If I said, like, worked as a, when I used to work as a mental health nurse and I was a nurse, a registered nurse, I couldn't bring in the equation of angels into that. Right. That's why I quit nursing and just not call myself a vague spiritual counselor because it would have been a conflict of interest. You, you can't really sit there and talk about angels and dead people um, in, quite, in like, quite those terms when I worked as a mental health nurse. I couldn't do that. Am I to understand that you left the, the nursing profession to follow yes. a full-time profession as an angel reader? That's exactly what okay. I did. I quit nursing. Wow. Yeah, I I quit nursing, yeah, but, but by divine guidance, which, you know, I wasn't only thrilled with at first because I do have a bachelor of nursing with advanced mm-hmm. diploma in psychiatric nursing and years of experience as a mental health nurse. But there came a point, angels, because I asked for guidance, you know, what do I need to do to honor my life path? Sure. And I've always been wanting to honor my life path, and it does, you know, it changes and meanders throughout time. And there's a point, they said, okay, you've got the nursing experience, you've got the mental health experience. 
Now you need to work as a spiritual counselor full-time. All right, stand uh, by, Karen. We've got to take our commercial break. And Dexonation Karen Forrest is our guest this hour, www.karenforrest.com. And Forrest is F-O-R-R-E-S-T. This is the Exxon. I am Rob O'Connell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com, and check out all the great programming we have available for you, 724-365, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And welcome back. Karen Forrest is our special guest of this hour. We're talking about angels. Her website is karenforrest.com. What role do the angels play when it comes to you communicating with uh, those who are deceased? Uh, For me, the angels and God oversee that aspect. When I communicate with a deceased person, that's Mm -hmm. a different vibration, a little bit of a lower vibration. Um, still, still high though. Our, our relatives are beautiful in heaven, but when I communicate with them, I'm, I'm always doing everything I can to keep the pureness of the session and keep the session protected. So the angels and God will oversee that aspect and protect the session. And I also ask the angels to help the deceased person communicate with me as clearly as possible. Now, what happens if a person is of a religious philosophy where? They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in God, but they want to communicate with someone on the other side. How does that work? Um, no, definitely. I just need them to be tolerant of my beliefs because that does happen. Some of my clients are like, I don't believe in angels. God, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. Just understand that I do have a divine source overseeing this, and then, then we'll just focus on communicating on your loved one in heaven and communicating with them. So that does happen. What happens if the deceased person is in hell? In a lower vibrational level, as a professional medium, I have a cutoff point. If a dead person's vibrations are too low, they cannot communicate with me directly because I have protection on who I communicate with. It's extremely rare, right? Um, Out of the hundreds of thousands of dead people I've spoken to, I can only think of three examples that's happened. And what has happened is that I called for the person, and the angels will come to me and say, look, that person is at a lower vibrational level or Mm -hmm. hell. 
and do you want me to communicate with them? And I'm like, nope, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Keep them away from me. Um, so it's it's rare, but it can happen. But I have protection so that they cannot communicate with me directly. What happens if a person has been reincarnated? Yeah, I still communicate with that aspect of their soul that the my client would know. Because no doubt most of them have reincarnated. So if say you know you're you're I'm speaking to your mom who might have passed away mm-hmm. 30 years ago, there's a good chance she's probably reincarnated by now. But I'm speaking to that aspect and connecting with that aspect of her soul that 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 my client knew, and that's who I will communicate with, even though by now they probably have started a whole other new life here on Earth. So the aspect of the soul that you communicate with. How do you explain that? I, that's got me a little confused because I thought I thought, know, it's, I, thought it's hard to, I thought mm-hmm. the the soul went with the person when they were reincarnated as well. It, they are, and that's why you, the angels have taught me what words to use because I I had to ask them and dead people like I don't get this. Dead people, you got to try to help me understand this or explain it in human terms. So what they said is they use the words aspect of the soul because your soul is. It is is what I call you, but you're so many parts to you, right? That's where we have the different realms. I'm here on earth, but I'm sure some part of my soul is in heaven. Some part is reincarnated, and then there's probably another in in the future, and who knows what that I can't even understand, but it's still me and my soul. So that's why I, I just, for lack of better words, and try to understand, I use the words that aspect of your soul that, that you knew. Um, when you're when that person was alive, because there's only one part of the soul. There's so many parts to us. If life is like that, you you've talked to us before about where we never die; we just continue on this journey that we're on. Why do we fear death so much then? Well, that's our culture. <laughs> that, that's our culture. Um, it, it's and and not everyone fears death, but it is common mm-hmm. in our culture, and. One of the biggest reasons that I've seen for that is um, it's more religious-based. We're, we're, we're trained in some religions that uh, you're going to be judged, and people are really af- afraid that they're going to go to some version of hell, and they don't right. want to. They don't want their soul to go to hell. So we fear death because we're like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to hell, and, and now I'm going to be damned forever and everything else. Like it, It's a fear of what's going to happen afterwards, which is very unfortunate because that, that doesn't happen. Fear of the unknown. That's right. Yeah. Well. Well. No. They, well. Fear of what they they think they know it. They think you know I'm I'm definitely going to be judged, and that's mm-hmm. any dead person I've ever asked. They've never told me of being judged at all by any divine source. It's just what we're trained to think. What do the dead say happens at the time of death? Yeah. What they calmly say is that the moment that they die, they have. They, they refer to it as an escort that takes them to heaven, which is normally another one of their relatives who have already passed on that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And then, then they'll talk about angels taking them to heaven or some divine being. So sometimes people say, you know, Mother Mary greeted me and my sister greeted me. And then they're the ones that, that, that took me into heaven. And then there, from there, that's where I met everybody else. Okay, you made a reference, you made a reference to Mother Mary, and I believe that's, yeah. that's, that's in Catholicism. But a cri- um, but a mm-hmm. but a Christian has yep. no relationship with with Mother Mary. So what would happen in that case? It's really up to to the soul because 
my experience when I speak to dead people as to who greets them mm-hmm. when they cross over, they have sometimes been surprised by who greets them, including by a divine source. They'll say, oh, it was an angel, and I've never believed in angels. Or it was Mother Mary, and, I, and, I, and I'm not Catholic. Well, Mother Mary has nothing to do with being Catholic. I know Catholics will try to claim that, but she's just a divine source, right? So it, 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 it's well, always interesting how that will play through when um, the deceased will talk to me about who has greeted them. Interesting. What about yeah, Saint, it's actually what, very surprising. Yeah. What about Saint Peter at the Golden Gate, the Book of Life, and so on? Is that real, or um, is that just made up? No one's ever talked about Saint Peter specifically. No one's talked about a gate. They will use that's not a word I've ever heard of a gate or waiting in line. There's no mm-hmm. lineups. There's no. No one's ever talked about a gate. They will talk about lights, golden lights, feeling of peace, feeling of warmth. But no one's ever used the word gate to me before in, in a vision. Or show me that even visually that they're greeted at a gate. So, so I haven't seen that. Um, hmm. They haven't really talked about um, books or you know someone looked them up in a book to see where they belong. Yeah. They, they've never used those words with me from my experience when I ask them. Uh, do, are your clients mostly women or mostly men or or an even mix? No, they're mainly women, but what happens is the women come in with a list of the men's questions. So, um, you know, a woman come in and say, here's my questions and here's my husband's questions. I'm like, well, why doesn't your husband just come in and get his own session? And they're like, well, he doesn't believe in this, but he heard I was coming to see you, so here's his questions. I'm like, all right, fine, we'll answer his questions first and get on to yours. So the person who sees me, most of the time it's woman. The one who asks the questions, it's both. How about children? Do you talk to children who are on the other side? Yeah, sure I do. That's hard emotionally for me as a therapist when when I'm working with uh, a parent who's lost a young child. But it, it happens, and absolutely I communicate with the child in heaven. But I do find that emotional personally when I have to do that. I would imagine that many of these sessions are very draining on you personally. And how do you how do you cope with the stress and the and the fatigue that you might you must. Uh, Carry yeah, because it is, of the it is it can be yeah. draining. Um, it, emotionally, it can be very draining and exhausting. Um, I cope with it in many different ways, including spiritual practices like meditation or yeah. clearing my energy. But then simple things like I exercise, usually five days a week. I go for walks. I, I make sure I sleep well at night. I eat relatively healthy other than when I'm eating chips. <laughs> so it's taking care of myself. I'm very particular about taking care of myself at, at all levels, physically, mentally, and emotionally in order to do well with the work that I do. How about when you're doing your sessions, have you ever had a negative entity try to come into the picture, and how do you protect yourself and the person on the other side from negativity? Yeah, Um, I haven't had that, but that's because I'm a professional. I know what I'm doing. I protect my sessions, and it's all by intent. It's easy. I just say, look, God, protect the session. So even tonight for the show... I already asked God before I got on air, saying you need to protect the line, you need to protect us, and and the words that come through. Um, So I I do have divine protection on it, Mm -hmm. so that I'm not having to worry about a negative entity coming through. And then it's intent. I I would never just say something flaky like, does anyone out there who wants to speak can come through? Because if you ever hear some medium say that, you want to run away real quick because they just invited in negative entities. So I'm very specific with my intent as to who I communicate with. To, in order to uh, not have concerns with the negative entity coming through, because it, it does exist. 
All right, you and I have to take our final break. Please stand by. Karen at Nation. if you'd like to contact our guest this hour. Her name is Karen Forrest, and that's K-A-R-E-N, capital F-O-R-R-E-S-T. Her website is KarenForrest.com. And Karen and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with here's truly Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back. Uh, speaking about angels, our guest this hour is the Angel Lady. And I'm talking about Karen Forrest. Her website is karenforrest.com. Karen, uh, why do so many children have angels with them, see angels, and, and guardian angels? Yeah, I get that quite a bit. It's surprising. But what I started to realize is mm-hmm. because, especially younger children, um, they're more intuitive because it hasn't been beaten out of them yet, right? Like they haven't been told, oh, you know, you can't see things or don't talk to angels or don't do that or stop talking to your imaginary friend. Uh, So they're far more relaxed and open to these experiences than what we are as adults. Plus, as adults, we tend to just get so busy with life and mundane tasks and work and everything we've got to do that we don't always take time to relax our minds to receive any messages or notice them as easily. Um, What about children who see black or gray shadows? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. What what do you perceive those shadows as? Are they negative uh, spirits? Are they negative uh, ghosts or demons? Yep. Yeah. If they see gray or black, anything that's not has color in it so if it's white or colorful or bright colors mm-hmm. that's going to be something that's good including your relatives in heaven you can sometimes see them like that but if you're seeing gray or black shadows often that's how they use these doors they these kids will say i'm seeing you know a gray shadow or a black shadow yeah. that's that's a lower energy um and that's not good when, when children are seeing that so what should a parent do if if a child comes and starts talking about these 
these shadows that they see or these strange dreams that they have uh, Mm -hmm. with shadows in them? What should the parents do? Yeah, there's a few things. One I often recommend, first of all, get a house clearing, which is what I do professionally. Even if you just simply ask a divine source to remove any negative energy or entities out of your house. The other thing, I like to empower children, so I'll teach them to say things like, ask, depending on the words, I have to ask the parents mm-hmm. what words they like to use. But, uh, for example, say, you know, ask angels to remove that gray or black shadow from you. Right? So I, so I never teach a child, tell that gray or black shadow to go away because they won't listen to you necessarily. So I'll say, you go to the angels, you go to God or wherever you like to talk to and say, you please remove that gray or black shadow. That way it it empowers the child to take control in that way. Hmm, Interesting. Um, How can a person better acquaint themselves, not only with their angels, but how can they better prepare for a communication with someone on the other side, because I'm sure that when people have the communications without the proper uh, preparation, it can be quite unnerving for them. It is unnerving. I get that a lot. People say to me, I want to see angels, and then they see one, and then they get freaked out and tell it to go away, and they're like, oh my God, I actually saw one. I'm like, well, you asked for that. But they get unnerved at first mm-hmm. if they're not used to it. So... The first thing I tell people, just just be open to the idea of receiving messages from whether the angels or your loved ones in heaven. Just be open to the idea. Also ask them to give you some signs, but don't micromanage what those signs are. Don't tell them what the sign needs to be because you limit them. Just say, look, you know, my my mom in heaven or my sister in Mm -hmm. heaven or angels, I would love to receive a sign. and Just help me be open to receiving it and noticing it. So so start with very basic intents like that, that, that. That's a big help right there. Then I tell people, go hang out with them. You've got to get used to their energy and presence. So if you want to know what it's like to be around your, your sister who's passed on, well, sit down with your sister who's passed on for a minute and say, hey, help me understand what it's like to feel you around me. Or how do I see you? Or how do I know you're around me? And just be quiet for about 30 seconds or so. You'll feel their presence or notice or hear something. And then you keep practicing that. So you got, but you've got to ask them to sit with them sit with them and, and, and practice that so you're used to their energy. What do members of the clergy think about people who have the gift of communicating with angels? Do they take uh, angel communicators uh, as as serious or how to, you know, like, kind of touchy, I would experience imagine. so far, it's been very varied. Uh, Rob, it really has. I remember when I was first in the military doing this training, mm-hmm. and I told the Padres, and they said, well, you can't talk to angels. I'm like, well, yes, I can, and you won't stop me. But they thought I was walking on their turf, and, and I'm like, screw you. I'm going to talk to whoever I want to. And then um, I've had other Padres who are my clients and are still trying to deepen their connection with angels and God themselves. So they come to me for private sessions to work on deepening their own personal connection. And then I have others that... Um, they're like, we're okay with angels or God or mm-hmm. divine source, but not don't talk to dead people. So it's very varied, my experience. And even within one religion, I can say, some say they're Catholic, and it's still it's very varied within each person. I guess it would be very unnerving to actually communicate with someone that you know is dead if you weren't ready for it. If you weren't ready for it, and, mm-hmm. and it and it is unnerving, and you won't get messages because you'll block it because you you don't want it. 
So it would be unnerving. Yes. And that's where I help people just get a little more comfortable with the thought and the idea if they want it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they don't want it, it's like, then don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But those who are interested, they come to me to learn that. That's why I teach workshops about that. What Does meditation help? Yes, absolutely. It helps. Yeah, it helps to quiet your mind to receive messages. Mm-hmm. And and when somebody contacts you through your website for an angel reading, how long does it take? They can get in within a week. Wow, that's see me. pretty I do good. this work full time. It doesn't take long, yeah. I told God when I started this work, I said, I'm not having this ridiculous wait list of a year because I have a life. Right? I'm not booking my, my life a year out. Mm-hmm. If people want to see me when I do this work, they have to be... Be able to get in within a month. Now, typically, a week is all you have to wait. It doesn't take that long to see me. Is there any special training that an angel communicator has to has to undergo? For example, do you give courses on how to become an angel communicator? Uh, I do private mentorship for people, and then I also teach workshops for people to learn to do this for themselves and get their own messages. So I do both. So is there a specific course? Not necessarily, because the terms with each person can be very different and very vague. When I use the term angel therapy practitioner, though I am, that is a registered trademark that Doreen Virtue has. I had a very specific one-week-long course that I took home with her, a seven-days intensive course I took with her to say, I am an angel therapy practitioner. But someone can just call themselves an angel reader, and that can be that can be almost anything in the way of education. That's why I really tell people, you know, find out a little bit, do they have any professional training, who you're seeing. Um, and it needs to be more than that you're supposedly gifted, because we're all gifted. We can all get messages. It's not that I'm so special. Right. But I have been divinely guided to do this work, and I do have an education behind it, too. So, so what is the difference between... Uh, the angel communicator and the course certification that you received from Doreen Virtue? Um, I, I can use both terms myself. I do say I'm an angel communicator because I talk to angels. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the angel therapy practitioner is a very specific trademarked course with Doreen Virtue. So, so there's not necessarily a difference. It's just angel therapy practitioner is a very specific type of training. So it's just a trademark it's, name. It is a trademark name. That's all it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where do you see angel practitioners in the future? Oh, I see so many of them. It's it's wonderful. There's people are really becoming far more aware and wanting to express more of the spiritual side of themselves, not just the physical and emotional side. I mean, the last 20 years we've been struggling with trying to express ourselves more emotionally. I think we're getting better at that. Now let's also mm-hmm. move into the spiritual part. So it's very exciting to see that people are trying to become more aware and include that as part of their everyday life. What are your final thoughts for the <laughs> examination tonight? I, well, I really encourage people to learn to develop their own personal connection with the divine source, and there's a million ways to do it. But just pick one way and start until you find a way that works for you. And then ask whatever divine being you like to speak to to help you find the right teacher or practice that works for you because there's so many different ways, and it's not that one way is better than the other. It's finding the way that works for you and that serves you and you like. Karen, as always, time goes by so fast when you're with us. I wish you continued success, but tell our listeners where, can they, where they can find out more about you and uh, what you do. Yeah, um, they can um, call me in North America, one 404 3103 Email karen at karenforest.com. 
or Twitter at Karen Forrest. Karen, take care of yourself. Thank you so much. And uh, if you'd like some more snow, I'll see what I can do in sending you some down. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Karen. Hey, bye. Bye-bye now. All right, Exonation, our guest this hour has been Karen Forrest. And once again, her website is www.karenforrest.com. And if you'd like to contact her, she has a toll-free number in North America, one 404 I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. There's no need to take a stand For it was I who chose to start 